What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, people up in Lubbock, people up in Tyler, people up in the Mile High City in Denver, Colorado, and people down the whole 305 South Florida region and my people down on the radio. You are tuned in here to the Wednesday edition of the Sports Grind, the Hump Day edition. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark with us producing and spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's Get a Dose, and we are broadcasting here from the Dobell Tequila Maestro Dobell Tequila Studios. 877-37-GRIND is your number to participate. If you know what you want to talk about, like always, it's open phone lines. The only thing that we ask you to do is call during the breaks and have patience during the long segments and breaks, and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Also, keep in mind, if you need to reach out to me or follow me on Twitter, you can do that at SportsGrind. And if you want to stream the show live and leave comments directed to me or questions, I'll read those in real time over the air. If not, I'll respond to those later. Also, keep in mind, too, as well, um, if you miss any of the show's live, you can always go to sportsgrindonline.com where you can download the podcast seven days a week, 365. And you can go to the same website as well if you don't have us, if you're in a market that doesn't have us terrestrial-wise or you're traveling. Um, you can go to the same website or if we're getting preempted by play-by-play. For example, we've got the Astros uh, first pitch in a little bit over an hour. So for y'all that's going to lose this, maybe the Astros play-by-play, you can go to sportsgrindonline.com and you can click the play button and we'll be there uh, live for you as well. 877-37-GRIND. What's up, Mr. Clark? You ready? Yes, sir. Ready to rock and roll. All right. So it's Wednesday. It's a hump day. Uh, just another program announcement. I know not everybody listens to the show every day. Uh, so, you know, this is Labor Day weekend coming up. Um, we will be here with you tomorrow, but we will actually be off Friday. Then everybody's off Monday, but we'll be off a day early. Uh, so just let you know if there's anything you need to get in Facebook-wise, you've got today and tomorrow to do that. Uh, so just want to put that out there. But for today on the docket, we've got uh, a few things moving. Of course, you know, uh, cuts and signings and stuff still are going on in the National Football League. Uh, we'll definitely touch on some of those. Um We'll get to here shortly after a while. Uh, Sean Payton, um, George Payton, uh, they meet the media yesterday after those cuts. I wanted to touch on a couple things that they uh, talked about, really centered around giving some explanation on the Albert O decision. Uh, also, we've got John Breach of CBS Sports that ranks the top eight teams most likely to go to worst to first. We'll look at that list as well, too. We've got two more divisions to pick today. Um, the next up on the docket is going to be the AFC East and the NFC East. And we're going to get Jonas's picks from the ones that we've already done. We're going to get we haven't really got Jonas's picks on air for him to go on record. So we're going to get his division picks on the ones we've already done. And then we'll knock out the AFC East and NFC East today as well. Also, college football only a couple days away. Coach Prime is trending again, this time for pretty much uh, a couple things, really. I know he had to respond. Uh, we didn't really get to it yesterday, but I know he responded to an ESPN analyst, really, that knocked his roster and just said, hey, I think he's going to turn around, but you know, he thinks he has one of the worst rosters in the country, and he's only going to win maybe a couple games. So Dion clapped back at that. But I want to circle back because he really rips the NCAA in regards to their fake hustle, as I call it, sliding in the first base on – 
player's mental health. I'll get to that story uh, here before we get out as well, too. But he's almost ready to open the season this weekend against TCU, the Colorado Buffaloes. Uh, Speaking of the team they're going to have on the docket here in the next week uh, or so is Nebraska. And uh, their tight end, Eric Gilbert, uh, gets arrested um, for felony and burglary charges for allegedly robbing a liquor store and a vape shop. I've seen the video and the video, it's sad. And I want to kind of get more into that. And we'll circle back around uh, before we uh, check out today on that particular topic. Uh, You have the U.S. Open that continues to roll on. Uh, Venus gets uh, goes out in flames, man. Straight sets. I think it was six one. 6-0 or something like that. Um, she doesn't play that much competitive tennis anymore. Um, she's up there in age. You know, her sister has already went on to the green pastures of retirement, focusing on her family. I think she just, just had, had another baby. baby yeah. yeah, she just had another baby. Um, Venus needs to go ahead and follow her. I don't know about in the kid department, but she needs to go ahead and run out to the sunset. I've preached this. Somebody that has uh, paid attention to the game since the early 90s, somebody that's played the game, um, at a uh, semi elevated level, high level, but tennis is a it's a young person sport, man. That's just the reality of it is because for one, you start so young. I mean, you start at the age of if you, if you're good enough to go pro, and it's crazy because I didn't have this in the docket, but it kind of goes in hand with you know um, the thing that I wanted to say about tennis. Is that I believe it was uh, on SI, I think it was SIUSA. They had an interesting article in regards to how college is starting to be a better avenue um, to produce professional tennis players. Because, of course, you have the scholarships, you have this. And, you know, they went on to talk about in regards to, you know, if you are young enough. To go to pros because you look at it, John McEnroe, a couple of those other guys, like they went to college. They they went a couple years in college before they went to the ATP tour. The reality of it is that started to die out in the early 90s and late 80s, the early 90s, where you just had phenoms that were either going to uh, Nick Bellatari. That used to be Agassiz's coach, probably just butchered his last name, but old Nick um, Bolitari, I think is the proper way. Then you had uh, close to this, the you know the Texas region. You know you had John Newt's camp. Those I'm going old school. You, you if you were out of high school or you were in middle school, you had kids that went through those programs. And even back then, in the '90s, in the mid '90s, late '90s, you're talking about an investment at least into those camps of about forty to fifty, sixty thousand dollars. Okay, so this article touches on now. Fast forwarding, if you are 16, 15, 17, and you're trying, your goal is to become a professional on the WTA or the ATP tour, you're probably looking at $100,000 for a coach a year, a tennis coach to travel with you. And you're looking at about sixty dollars to $70,000 for travel. Because, you know, in tennis, you're paying, that's an individual sport. There's like, 
you know, independent contractors. You're paying your own way. So they think college now gives the opportunity for people. They hear that, say, oh, well, I'll just go to college if I qualify this and this. Well, nice article, but not so fast, my friend, because I've talked about this over years on this show in regards to why men's tennis and American is so far behind and we just kind of lost it. You know, we haven't had that next star. You know, Andy Roddick was supposed to be that dude. I had a feeling he wasn't going to be. But when you go back to the golden years of the 90s, when you had the Pete Sampras's, the Andre Agassi's, the Michael Chang's, all that. The problem is a lot of these universities and a lot of these colleges, they're giving these scholarships to foreign players. Because some of our American young athletes and men that play tennis, sometimes their nose is too up in the air to see like, oh, I'm not going to that school for a full ride. You know, that's not so-and-so. That's not this. Or I'm not going to I'm – go, I'll go to this clinic. So it's twofold in that. I think that piece. But the bottom line, to bring it back full circle before we leave the tennis hard court, it's time for Venus to walk out into the sunset. She's over – I think she's 40 or 41 years old now. I think she's 41. Somewhere around there that like, you know, and unfortunately, you know, like her sister, but I think more Venus, Venus got more of a bad break for the amount of injuries she dealt with. And, uh, you know, it was it was a time, believe it or not, that Serena couldn't beat her. And that lasted for a couple of years. And all of a sudden the tables turned and Serena became Serena. But the reality of it is I don't want to see, you know, one of the greats stumbling around on the court and going out like that and especially if you're not you know if you just can't be physically it's physically exhausting at that age to basically play a WTA tour schedule so she's not even playing I mean it's for the grand slams to get it but I don't see any I don't want to see any legends like that in any sport just stumbling around you know I could probably get I could probably get maybe 1530 1540 on Venus about this I could probably get a point you know, maybe not. If you gave me about like maybe two, three months on the court and trade, I could get a 15. I can get I can get it to 15 all or 15 40. You know, she'll bagel me. I mean, she'll zero zero, no doubt. But I'll, I'll, I can get some points. So they need that's not supposed to happen. So the bottom line is she's a celebrated champion. She just needs a ride in the sunset. What do you got? Uh, did you catch that Jimmy Butler got a point on your boy Alcaraz at the I, U.S. Open charity match? I saw that, and that was more different than somebody grooving a pitch to Derek Jeter lob so he can hit a career milestone in Yankee Stadium. I saw it. I mean, he was playing like pretty much like ping pong, hitting the ball. Like, Jimmy, sit down somewhere, man. Jimmy's been – I've seen him at U.S. Open. I've seen him like, Jimmy, I like Jimmy, but Jim, relax, man. The whole Shakira thing, the whole that just relax, man. Just, just relax him. And I like Jimmy, but you're doing too much, man. But it, okay, the, the Shakira thing, I'll give you. But the tennis, I mean, you. This is this is a good. These kinds of, you know, charity events or exhibitions or just when you take NBA stars or NFL stars, because I think it's even a, a stretch to say MLB stars, but NBA and NFL because you know those individuals, and you take the them and you put them into a lesser known sport. It brings a little bit more attention to, oh, yeah, the U.S. Open is going If it's for charity, all for it. Maybe that was a charity event. All I'm telling you, Jimmy Jimmy has not accomplished anything. This this goes back to what I say about the time that we're living in in regards to this generation. And Jimmy's not really part of a young generation. You, like, corporate America has saturated and they have oversaturated the market with pro athletes that they use to endorse products that have not won yet. 
I don't think people realize, you know, I'm old enough to know that in the early in the 80s to early 90s, like you had to win to get on the Wheaties box. You had to win to get on that TV commercial. You've got a lot of guys doing commercial now that hasn't cashed in. Dame is on a lot. Not I mean, over the last three or four years, Dame Lillard has endorsed a lot of stuff. He's got like two, three gentlemen sweeps in his in his bag, and he's got a. I mean, he's got two goose egg sweeps or something like that. Jimmy Butler has not proven. He, I mean, he's a heck of a player. He's a good player. But my thing is like Jimmy. Some of these guys, I guess, gets to me. They stay in the news and they get chosen chosen to go in and endorse this product, this whatever, and they haven't won anything yet. And it's and you know why it is because they got ten million followers. They got eight million followers. They got they well quote unquote what they call them a social media influencer. It's watering down, man. Jimmy needs to sit somewhere, man. At the end of the day, the last time I checked, the Denver Nuggets won the World Championship. Okay, let a guy get one at least. I mean, people think like. You know, they, they say Larry Bird and Magic saved the league and Jordan took it to another level. People think all that stuff about, you know, I want to be like Mike, Gatorade and all those commercials. Dude, Mike was averaging like 30 a game and he was winning titles and and he had a certain swagger. But all that stuff came. He he told you in the last dance documentary, he's like, man, I if I wasn't scoring, wasn't playing good, I would have none of these opportunities. And by the way, his net worth just generated to about three point two billion dollars. I think I read through Forbes of the weekend. He didn't. He didn't surpass Oprah and Jay Z. And that yeah, just because of the sale of his uh, because of the sale of the team. That 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 and that. Well, hey, hey, let me tell you something. That sale of the team helps to the portfolio. But this dude has been getting a hundred million dollar royalty check every year from Nike for that jump man. Okay, the guy's symbol is in golf. It's in it's in open Formula One car racing. But Mike put in blood, sweat, and tears to get to that point. I mean, there'll be nothing like him. I mean, there's going to be nobody. Not while we're breathing. Maybe when we're dead and gone by the time that this world becomes extinct. There's never going to be another NBA player, maybe even an athlete, but there'll be no other NBA player that will be able to sell their product 20 to 25 years on the level that he has their brand after they get through playing. Nobody. Not Kobe. And he's passed. You know, uh, rest his soul. He's passing. You know, the value of deceased people go up, especially famous people. You know, as the famous Jada Kiss once said, dead rappers get better promotion. LeBron. No. Nobody. It's like it's it's like a one off. You know, now they're watching a lot of that Kings of Collectibles using that term. It's a one of one. It's a one off. But, yeah, that's my opinion. But. The reality of it is, speaking of that, we'll get to it, too. We'll come back. We've got this debate going on in regards to between like track and field and NBA. Jonas has brought it to my attention about this use of the word world champion. Why do we call NBA players world champions when they're not technically part of the world? I think it is dumb to to basically be discussing this. And I've got respect for the gentleman in track who's starting this. I've got a respect for who he is. But this is just dumb. And I and I've had a little bit time to thought about it. So I'll give me my, I'll give you my reasons why it's debatable that it should even be questioned. I mean, I get it. You know, I get it, but I'll ha- I'll save that to when we get to that point as well, too, about that. 877-37-GRIND. All right. So as we're coming up here shortly uh, on the break here soon, uh, well, we kind of get back, uh, kind of want to talk about some of the 
I won't say fallout, but some of the cause and effect that's going on with some of these cuts and trades. We've got sources uh, that has confirmed that, you know, we knew there were six teams involved in regards to the Jonathan Taylor situation. But now we know that the Green Bay Packers made an offer uh, to the Colts for Jonathan. Now, you start thinking about it. I mean, Jonathan, where he played Wisconsin in football, you know, according to reports, you know, Green Bay had them had him on their radar at the time but you know at that time he you know they were too far in the back of the draft and i think well i think that was the same draft that they went ahead and decided to move up to get jordan love if i'm not mistaken um it could have been i might be off but the bottom line is they kicked the tires on him now there's reports that some of these offers included picks some of them was for players but again like i'll stay fast to it ursay they don't really want to trade him and and the the problem is is that's why they made the asking price so ridiculous because they're hoping with time that this smooths over with jt but i think only time will tell through the first quarter of the season on how this plays out you listen to the sports grind Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a Dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix, made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to choosetiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. Lights, please, turn off the lights. For now, everything just seems so right. And how you make the darkness seem so bright. I'm feeling like things gonna be alright. Alright, back here on the sports grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Specs. Keep in mind, when it comes to preseason tailgating, Specs is the number one playmaker in Texas with lower prices on stadium size selections for everything you need to keep your team spirits high. And don't forget, if you're looking for the latest new product or you already know what you want, you just want it delivered straight to your door, don't forget about SpecsOnline.com because the fun starts here. That is Specs, official sponsor of the Sports Grind and an official partner of the Dallas Cowboys. 877-37-GRIND. Um, 
See, I've got you know, I've had to get used to I've tweaked that instead of saying your Dallas Cowboys. I always say the Dallas Cowboys because now that I'm in Colorado, now I know we ain't got no cowboy. Fan. I ain't talking no cowboy nation in Orange Nation country. That's intolerable. We ain't cowboy nation is everywhere, Cal. Yeah, man. But the difference is, man, you ain't coming in and taking over in Vesco. Yeah, they didn't take over Mile High Stadium. There's certain – there's only been one fan base. See, now you're going to derail me. There, there's only you, been one – You started yeah, it. Yeah, there's only going to be – there's only one fan base, in my opinion, that I've seen taking over Mile High Stadium, whether it was the old one or the new one, but especially the newer one, which the Pinner Group about to get some new threads, by the way. It's going to be another new one here in a few years. But anyway, that's a whole other story. Is the Pittsburgh Steelers in black and yellow? Because they, because when they want to, you talk about like, yes, of course. Come on, there's Dallas Cowboy fans across, you know, all fifty states. I mean, yes, but I'm talking about when you come in and take over a stadium. You know, sometimes like San Diego Chargers, now formerly known as the Los, uh, well, formerly known as the San Diego Chargers, but now currently known as the L.A. Chargers. They had people come in and take Qualcomm all the time, especially in division. Raiders, Denver, Kansas, everybody. So there's certain teams, especially if you got in the, in the attendance problems like a Jacksonville, which that could be getting ready to change due to the fact that they're pluffed or a young talent they got and who they have at the quarterback position. But there's certain teams in the organization in the league that they just get done. Like, and that's why it's been so sad for Commanders fans. Because that used to be a waiting list for those season tickets. And under Daniel Snyder, it just went to crap. They started having visitors come in. They would be cheap tickets. Now, this new ownership with Magic Johnson, you would think that's going to change. You know, they had a lot of people show up to their camps and practice more than they had in years. And that's understandable. But the bottom line, no. There's only one team and organization that I've seen take over mile high. And that's pretty much the black and yellow. 877-37-GRIND. All right. So, let's keep it going. Now, before we get, because we've got to do divisions, two divisions, and I want to rehash your picks because you haven't really told them. I don't even know who you're picking, and I want the audience to hear exactly your picks, the division on record. Um, But before we get into that, and I also want to talk about kind of, you know, Sean Payton and George's response to the cuts in the roster, and really centering how they answered the question uh, in regards to, you know, Albert O and who they spoke of when it came down to the decision. Uh, speaking of Nate Atkins. Um, all right. So but before we get into this, let's let's have this. I want to throw this conversation out because I don't want to run out of time today because I want to bury this because Jonas has been in my ear a little bit about this. And he's got this. So I know he wants to have this discussion because to me, it's just really not It's dumb. OK, but I get it. So. I don't, I'm again, for the hundredth time, I don't live on social media. I'm barely on social media, whether I've got to announce something in regards about the show or somebody DMs me or somebody, whatever. So I don't see everything that trends on Twitter or Facebook. Okay. Um, but I guess in the last couple of days, there's some things been trending in regards to the question why the NBA champions call themselves the world champions. So I'm going to let you go. I know you've got some audio to this. I'm going to let you set this up, though, in regards to who this is, the setting, and then I'll let you play the audio and I'll respond to it. All right, so Noah Lyles. uh, We were up in arms the other weekend and nobody was talking about Shikari Richardson. All right, winning winning the 100 meter. 
Well, Noah Lyles won the men's 100, then completed the double and got the men's 200, defending himself, defending his title there, retaining that title. And so we're at the World, Tra- World Track Championships, the World Track Championships, and Noah Lyles is at the podium after winning the 200-meter, and um, he's talking about the sport. You know, you listen to his press conference, and he's talking about, uh, you know, what what go, what where you go from here as as a, as a as an athlete, as a track athlete. He says it starts with the medals, and it go then you go to the records, and then you get the world records, and you get recognition. Then you start to be able to collaborate and branch outside, and you know, work with artists in other areas, work with music artists, get into fashion, get into whatever it is you want to at that point, because then you've, you're kind of coming along. Um, but the question in speaking about his sport and where the sport of track kind of sits, he does go off a little bit on the NBA. Uh, and I want to make sure to give, uh, let's run.com the credit for this audio. Um, they're the, they were there, uh, captured this for you. So I'll let you guys hear it straight from, um, Noah Lyles uh, mouth. As soon as I unmute it. So. Oh, okay. great champions as we look at them and we're walking through the tunnel at all these previous world champions why are they not here you know why are we not inviting top level athletes to come watch a world championship you know the thing that hurts me the most is that i have to watch the nba finals and they have world champion on their head world champion of what (laughs) <laughs> the United States? <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I, I love the U.S. at times. <laughs> but that ain't the world. <laughs> that is not the world. We are the world. We have almost every country out here fighting, thriving, putting on their flag to show that they are represented. There ain't no flags in the NBA. <laughs> we got to do more. We got to be presented to the world. Look, man, got to said, got a lot of respect for him. But let me tell you, in my opinion, what this screams of, and it kind of goes with the time and stuff that we're, we're in. Um, and there's a reason why he centered the NBA for this. Um, because it's the same thing that they say in the National Football League. And we've got a custom saying, hey, they're the world champions. You see, won a world championship. So, But there's a reason why he singled out in the NBA, in my opinion. And in my opinion, the reason why he singled out the NBA, this is a world-class athlete, okay, that is at the highest level of his sport, okay, and is probably at the lowest, lowest side of the other spectrum in the tax bracket to an NBA player. And I ain't talking about your super NBA player. I ain't talking about your Steph Curry's, your LeBron. I'm talking about to your guys that are like 10th, 8th on the bench. This is a money situation. This is a little bit of a jealous and envy of like, yo, man, when I watch a world, it bothers me that they call themselves world. World of what? The bottom line, this is an athlete that feels like, man, I he busts his ass to get to where he's at, to have the records, to be one of the top, you know, um, top athletes at his sport in track and field. And the bottom line of it is his fruits of labor to capitalize off that, why he stays active and even post-career is minute compared to an NBA player. 
that screams like that to me. I'm not going to say that's all his motive, but there's a portion to that. Uh, the, to that, the other thing is to look, man. You know, the point about bringing up the fact that why don't you know other at why don't we have our past champions show up? Why don't they are not around? Okay, well, the thing I will ask him: Who's going to pay those guys to show up? Because track and field guys have been programmed as independent contractors that capitalize off their likeness and their appearance fees. When Usain Bolt was at the highest of his highs and, and for Jamaica and just breaking all these records, Usain Bolt was getting at, at some points in races a quarter of a million dollars to a half a million dollars just to show up and race, whether he won or not. For an appearance fee, he was getting high six figures money when he was at the height. That's what they got to do. In my opinion, what I don't know of, I mean, if track and field gets part of a federation, they find a way to jack more money in the higher it goes and they want to pay some of the past champions to show up to be there. OK, now I understand why it bothers him. I understand what he's trying to speak up for the, the sport. I'm not knocking him for that, but let's get realistic about what it is and how is that going to happen? And for the debate of the world champion, look, I this thought has come my, across my mind a couple times way before this even came up. OK, that's the reason why I think like, man, are we really going to take it there? Yes, I've said like, OK, world champ. But if I really want to be technical, he's technical. OK, fine. You're not. It's the NBA. Why are you saying world? Well, I believe the NBA could pretty much call it the world champion because everybody on this planet knows the best players in the world play in the NBA. There's no other league that basically comes close, not France, not in Russia. There's this is the NBA. That's the reason why you have a lot of influx of international superstars that have came over and took in over the NBA as being part of the face NBA because this is the top of the top. So if you call yourself the world champions and you play in the NBA, it is justified because you're beating the best in the world. That's my response to him. But part of his motive, it comes from jealousy, envy, and just look, man, it sucks. I get it. But unfortunately, he plays in a sport that, yes, and I stick by what I said, Jonas, a couple of weeks ago, because I think the Shikari Richardson thing, that was for different motives. The reason why nobody really want to say that. The other part of it is, is, too, that when I was saying, yeah, I stick by what I say, you know, you have the heavyweight champion of the world. If they're American, that used that crown used to reign heavy. OK, now there's multiple reasons why that's been watered down, because, again, there was a long period of time that American did not hold the heavyweight title. If you go from the Lennox Lewis to the Klitschko brothers and it's kind of got watered down, the fastest woman and man on Earth is a special title. Is it up there? Do they get, you know, can, can you make as much as a heavyweight boxer? No, you can't or you haven't up until this point. Do you get are you put up there as being special? Yes, you are. But the problem is it's a sport that America comes around every four years when it comes to the Olympics. Most of the Americans that basically get even guys in the media, myself, other people and I don't consider myself as a media, but guys in media, even they don't cover world champion tracks around unless you got a world record on the line or world record got broken or you come. There comes a bad man like a Usain Bolt, a Carl Lewis or a Michael Johnson that all make like, hey, we got a lead sports center with this. The rest of America and those people that would be the paying customers, they're only coming around every four years. They can't tell you who won the world championships of indoor track 
See, we're in this period where everybody's, again, I'm going to keep saying this. Everybody's got a platform. Everybody thinks that therapy, whether you're an average person, a nine to five person, a pro athlete, everybody is basically watered down where everybody wants to hear their opinions. Because trust me, if I didn't do what I do for a living and I didn't get paid to do this, was making money at it, I wouldn't be one of the, even though I've got, you know, tons of sports knowledge, you know, in regards that I can give out or my take or I eat and breathe this stuff. I don't want to rush this. To say, hey, somebody's got to hear my opinion on this. And right now, whether you're a pro athlete or not, we're in an era where everybody feels like their important, their opinion is important that you got to hear it. I understand where he's coming from, but let's get realistic. This is that's just to me, the part, not all, but a portion of where he came from is coming from the side of jealous and envy. There's a reason why he picked out the NBA and not the NFL, not the NHL, because every all those other sports use that terminology world champion. Now, you got interested in this, Jonas, yesterday, and you started going down the wormhole in regards to Bannerts in arena. You don't have to give me the exact or who's this, just but off the top of your head when you were looking at this, get, like what did you find out more? More arenas that were just saying, hey, NBA champions or more that had the world champion up there? I feel like it's a I – mean, well, to say more or less – I think you have to look at the teams that that utilize it, right? Because the Lakers have eighteen championships, and their banners say "World Champion." What about the Celtics? Because they got the next amount. Did you remember coming across them? Uh, I don't re- quite recall the okay. Celtics, um, yeah. but I know, like for example, the Toronto Raptors. They say "World Champions." Uh, the Golden State Warriors, San Antonio Spurs, uh, even uh, I think the Milwaukee Bucks banner say "NBA Champions." Um, so uh, I know the Cleveland one. I think I, I think actually the Bucks one says World Champions, if I recall right from my digging around and following this yesterday. But I do feel like the, the, I think the lack of consistency across the NBA as to how you classify your title uh, kind of lends itself to this kind to uh, whether you want to call it a debate or not a debate. Uh, because there, there's a there's a lack of clarity as to whether you're the world champions or the NBA champions. Some of those teams that do seem to pull their talent a little bit more from internationally recognize the fact that hey, this is just an NBA title. And again, speaking from our own backyard here in San Antonio, uh, because they're conscious of the fact that this isn't this isn't the FIBA World Championships or the World Olympics. If you win the Olympics, yes, you're the best country in the world. That's the best the best collective of players. And competing on an international stage, even NHL, which I think is very international, probably more international than any of the major American sports combined. Um, I, to go to your other, would you be okay with Premier League soccer, which I think we could maybe look at as one of the best or the best soccer league in the world? Or, or would you be okay no. with them calling that world no, no, championship? Because no, 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 we've got the World Cup. That's how you decide the best country. And like we have a, the Olympics, and, and that's how and, you decide. It's and, because look, because those aren't teams. You're talking about I'm gonna countries. T- I'm going to tell you this. Those aren't those aren't those aren't franchises. Well, let me tell you something, man. USA just beat Jordan today, one ten to sixty two. Do you think there's a living athlete in Jordan that ever picked up that orange round basketball is going to argue anybody paying over here calling the world? We just kicked their ass one ten to sixty two, and this considered the aura of what. Technically, our dream teams, Olympic teams look like this is one of the most few talented ones that we've seen in a long time. My point is, I I can't speak on other sports. I'm telling you, there's a reason why he singled out the NBA. 
I'm telling you. He NFL no, because everybody knows, well, the money, those guys don't make. He didn't say everybody's done this. So he's singling the NBA from a place of jealousy and envy. And I get it, but that's just the way it is, brother. And the truth of the matter is, I think out of all sports, the, even MLB, I think the NBA can justify, if they want to, franchise the franchise, or they can justify calling themselves the world championship because there is not a league that is close to the talent that comes to play in the NBA, especially now that the game got globalized. This is the best of the, this is the best of the best of the world. That's just the, that, that, that's you, you the don't, reality. You don't, you don't think that there's more best of the best of the world in the NHL? Uh, than there is in the NBA. No, because you've got some hockey leagues where you've got some pros that play in hockey leagues that play more. The guys that look, we didn't even talk about it. France got eliminated early from this World B- Basketball Championship. They lost early. They're one. They're a top ten ranked team in the country, in, in the world, the in the world, in the five in the world. Rudy Gobert's talking about he's scared to go back home and he's embarrassed to go back home because who they lost to, and they got eliminated. There is no other play. If there was some other league that was the highest level, we wouldn't even know who the hell Luca is. Luca be playing somewhere over close to them and smoking all the hookah he wants in the world and driving all the fast cars he wants to. If there was a better league to go in the where Giannis would, we wouldn't even know who the Greek freak is. His ass be in Greece, and it's two, three other brothers that he hooks up and gets in the league. They be somewhere else too. It's the best league in the world, and technically, in my opinion, other than any other sport, they are justified even more than the NFL is justified calling themselves the world champions because they've opened the borders up to the sport, and you get the best of the, the Dirks. Steve Nash from Canada. Come on, man. This is a brother that wants to think that his opinion matters and he wants to kick up a conversation and come at the NBA. I think Kevin Durant responded to him, if I'm not mistaken. He wants to come at the NBA from a place that, hey, I'm sorry, you're the best at what you're doing right now. But you ain't in that tax bracket because there's not that sport ain't covered it like track and field. But you have that glory because I've heard Mr. Montgomery say it's like the highest, highest of the world being that fastest man in the world, even if it's only for a split second, second, even if you had to put a needle in your butt to do it. People just want to say something to say something, man. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this, it's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and Seafood Lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. 
And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here.